Hey, Sandals Church, in a recent email survey that we sent out to you, we asked what types of things you are dealing with this holiday season. And the vast majority of you said that you were dealing with stress and anxiety. Perhaps you're feeling overwhelmed by these things. Maybe you're just feeling overwhelmed by being overwhelmed. Um, but it's no secret that this is a difficult time in human history. And the holidays only magnify that. We've asked Pastor Dan Crowley, pastor of spiritual formation, to lead us as a church through these exercises. Um, you'll find tried and true exercises that are passed down through the generations from those who've gone before us. Our hope and our prayer for you is that as you do these things, you will encounter the peace and the joy from Jesus himself as he interacts with your deep soul. Uh, we can't wait to hear how this has affected you. We pray that it's a blessing to you this holiday season. Hey Sandals Church, you know sometimes when we're dealing with stress and anxiety our bodies can fail us, our minds can run away from us, we might get like heart palpitations or heart starts to race or we just feel like our body, our minds are out of control. A great practice when dealing with stress and anxiety in a way to really bring the body back into control is through the practice of what's called breath prayer and it's simply this. You're praying and tying your prayer to the cadence of your breathing. It's very simple. Breath prayer is, is typically a, an expression of some sort of heartfelt desire that you want from God in that moment while also proclaiming who God is to you in your life. So let me give you an example. When I was dealing with stress and anxiety, I gravitated a lot to the first few verses of the 23rd Psalm, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. These were such important verses to me. And so what I would often do, especially when practicing breath prayer, is I would do this. I would start by taking a deep breath in, usually to the count of four or five. So and then a big exhale, long, slow breath out, usually the count of like eight or 10, just to exhale and get all that breath out. And I would do that back and forth and just get my body and my mind used to that cadence of a deep breath in and a long, slow breath out. And then what I would do is I would tie a part of the verse from the 23rd Psalm, one of the verses from the 23rd Psalm to my practice of breathing. So in this case, I would do something like this. The Lord is my shepherd on a big deep breath in proclaiming who God is, who God is to me, who God is to us. I shall not want for anything. Long, slow breath out. So big breath in. The Lord is my shepherd. Long, slow breath out. I shall not want for anything. And I would do this over and over and over again, sometimes multiple times throughout the day. And sometimes I would do it just for a few seconds, just to kind of get control of things. And sometimes I'd practice for minutes on end until my mind stopped racing, my heart stopped racing, and I could just relax and let the anxiety pass over.
You know, when dealing with stress and anxiety, another thing that often happens is our mind races. I don't know about you, but when I've dealt with stress and anxiety, sometimes my mind is just, feels like a pinball machine, right? I mean, there's the little ball bouncing around and then the lights are going off, the bumpers are going off, the flippers are going off, and then sometimes it's like the ball drops into a hole and it's bonus content, and now you got 10 balls releasing at one time, and it's like bing, 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 bing. Everything's happening, and it's really hard to get hold of my thoughts. You ever been there before? A great practice, if you have, is the practice of centering prayer. You know, maybe you've heard the phrase, just give it to God, or give, give your cares to God, or surrender it to the Lord. If you've heard those phrases before, and you've wondered, yeah, but how do I do that? Centering prayer is gonna show you exactly how to do that. And in centering prayer, all we're really doing is we're closing our eyes and we're getting alone with God and we're imagining maybe being with Him in a special place. Maybe you like to go to the beach. You know, for me, I like to imagine I'm in Israel overlooking the Sea of Galilee. You know, it's just a, a, a peaceful place for you where you can be alone with God. And as you are with Him, and you're slowing down and you're relaxing, what'll often happen is thoughts will start to come to your head, those racing thoughts, all the things you're thinking about will start to happen. And what you do in centering prayer is just quietly identify one of them and you give it to God. You literally imagine as if you're handing it to him. Maybe you're putting it in his hands or you're laying at his feet or if you're sitting next to him, you hand it to him and he maybe sets it aside and puts it in a pouch or something like that. You're just literally handing it to him and you're going back to just being still with him. Another thought comes, you identify it, you hand it to him, and you go back to being still with him. See, when we start to slow down, the distractions come, the racing thoughts will come, and we've got to get good at training our brains to capture them and literally release them to God. And this is exactly what centering prayer does. See, in centering prayer, we're not looking for anything grand or glorious to happen. We're not looking for this massive download from God. We're not looking to be inspired in the next great thing. What we're actually looking to do is to release these things that drive our stress, that drive our anxiety, and just be in the peaceful presence of God. Now, one of the things I like to do when I close my time in centering prayer, is just to slowly pray through the Lord's Prayer, right? And if you're not familiar with the Lord's Prayer, let me give it to you right here. It goes like this. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I do that slowly and thoughtfully as I close my time in prayer. You know, scripture meditation has long been used by Christians to deal with stress and anxiety. You know, scripture meditation doesn't need to be weird. It's really just taking a long look at God found in the pages of his word, the Bible. So, you know, there was a time in my life when I dealt with high levels of anxiety and high levels of stress. And there was a passage in particular that I meditated on a ton that helped me out a lot. Now, this is from Mark 4, and I want you to imagine this scene. Jesus is ministering in his hometown, and he's saying, let's cross the lake, let's go to the other side, and let's minister over there. Now, the guys who are going with him, his friends, these disciples, 
are well acquainted with this body of water. They've been on it a ton. And so what's going to happen here in a minute doesn't necessarily catch them by surprise, but I think their response will catch you by surprise. So let me read it to you here. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they, they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving crowds behind. But soon a fierce storm came up and high waves were breaking into the boat and began to fill it with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on the cushion. The disciples woke him shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the, and the waves and said, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked him, Why are you so afraid? Do you still not have any faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked, that even the wind and the waves obey him? Powerful. Can you imagine that storm and these guys being so overwhelmed, so anxious, so stressed out that they got to wake Jesus? You know, when I was thinking on this passage a lot, I would just imagine there's Jesus asleep in the boat and he invites me to come over and just rest next to him. Almost like he's laying down, opens an eye and says, come on over here and sit with me. Just being in his presence and imagining being in his presence was so powerful to me. You might, as you focus on God's word, find a different word that's more meaningful to you. I encourage you, as you meditate on scripture, to focus on that. Imagine the scene. Imagine the stress, the anxiety these individuals are going through. And imagine where God is in the story, inviting you into his presence just to be with him amidst whatever storm is swirling around you, whatever anxiousness or anxiety that you are feeling, allow God to meet you there, just as he did for me as I rested in the boat with Jesus. You know, uh, sometimes when we're dealing with stress and anxiety, what we just need to do is to take time off. You know, our lives are so busy, our interior life is so hurried that we just need time away. And that could be a day off or it could be extended time off. You know, busyness is, is, is no stranger to Jesus and the disciples. You know, Mark 6, it says they were so busy with the life of ministry, this life that they had chosen in service to God, that they didn't even have time for a meal. Does that sound familiar to you? Do you ever just let your days go by and you realize you've not eaten anything all day because you've been so busy? Well, that was the case for them as well. Now you might say to yourself, but I take, I take at least a day off every week and so I don't understand how a day off can help me. Well, oftentimes days off can fall into one of uh, three categories. One, they can be wasteful. We literally stop doing nothing, we just check out. Maybe you're playing video games all the time or you're you know, just you know, numbing out with whatever. You're checking out and you're not doing anything. It's just wasteful time. Another ways that time off can be unhelpful to us is we overconsume. We binge on stuff, right? Like binging on our streaming service or binging on food or binging on other things. Another way time off can be unhelpful 
is what I like to call manipulated time off. And that's the time off that's like, well, I've got to go do this thing over here. Maybe it's something with the kids or something with the family or something that I've just got to go do these things. And that's how you spend your time off. Listen, God invites us to take time off that is restful. Now, some people will call that Sabbath, and I'll talk about that here just really briefly. In Sabbath, we want to do primarily, the main thing we're doing is we're focusing on loving God and being loved by God, delighting in God and delighting in God's good gifts to us. And so Sabbath typically centers around four key things of worship, unplugging, taking a real rest, and then also a time for just enjoying God. And so whatever that looks like for you, that can be a part of your Sabbath. But sometimes we need to do what's called an extended time off, like vacation time. And again, vacation time can be super busy. You ever heard the phrase, I need a vacation for my vacation? Listen, sometimes we've got to figure out how to do extended time off in a way where we are actually rested. So when we do extended time off, there's a few things that we can do in that. One, it's a great time to reevaluate our current commitments. We pull back from everything and we look and we go, what am I currently doing and what do I need to let go of? The next thing we extended time off is to begin new practices. What's a new practice you can incorporate into your life that when you go back to the regular rhythms will actually be helpful to you? Sometimes extended time off, we invest in taking a real rest, getting extra sleep, maybe getting back into exercise, things that help our, our mental and emotional and physical bodies. Listen, I hope these thoughts about Sabbath or you know, weekly time off or extended time off have been really helpful to you as you think about dealing with stress and anxiety in your everyday life. Hey Sandals Church, you know, one of the things that often drives stress and anxiety is having a hurried life. Hurried, hurriedness is not busyness. We all have busy calendars and we have busyness in our life, but hurriedness really comes from within. And often we know that we feel hurried when we start to deal with things like maybe we're short-fused or snappy, especially towards people we loved. You know, we feel like a sense of bitterness about things like, or a sense of I gotta do this or I gotta do that. Maybe you give yourself to arguments in your head with people you're not even talking to, but you're arguing with them in your head. These are just indicators that you might have a hurried life. And this is not, this is not the life that God calls us to. Busyness is one thing but he does not call us to feel hurried and pressed for time. You know, in Matthew 11, uh, verses 20 through 30, Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come with me, get away with me, and you'll learn to recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it and learn these unforced rhythms of grace, he says. Don't you want that? Don't you want that unforced rhythm of living in God's grace? You know, the challenge is though, we often succumb to what I like to call surface level engagement. 
And there's a couple of key areas in that. And one is, we, uh, it's a call, I call it attention scattering. We, we're, uh, we're focusing on multiple things at one time. So, for example, you might be eating a meal and reading email or playing a game or checking your phone or watching television. You know, this is a great example of attention scattering. You're driving in your car and having conversations or driving in your car and listening to an audiobook. You know, we're, we're, we are um, multitasking. We're scattering our attention in different places. But another is what I call spiritual snacking. And this is like a brief sort of devotional. Maybe you just focus on the verse of the day and that's your devotional for the day. Or maybe, you know, you say a little prayer before you do something, maybe over a meal or something like that. See, Jesus was never in a hurry and he calls us to really let go of these things and focus on some key things and dive deeper with him into real life. So let me give you four key ways you can do that. Number one, hold margin in your life. Don't, don't fill your life with everything. Block out time and just hold margin for something because you know what? Something unplanned for is going to pop up. Number two, find ways to recreate energy in your life. We're giving out, giving out, giving out constantly all the things we do. What are you doing that actually brings energy or brings what we might call life-giving energy into you? Number three, learn to trust God with the things you care about. Know that he cares about you and he cares about what you care about. So learn to trust him with those things you care about. And sometimes you got to say it over and over and over again until you actually believe it. And number four, learn to be singularly focused. Have a meal and enjoy your meal. Then go and read an email, right? Learn to be singularly focused. Listen, I hope these things have been helpful to you as you think about dealing with stress and anxiety and having an unhurried life. Thanks for listening.